Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. I am here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, and today we got a very, very special guest. He's my friend. He's my brother. He's the NBA G League Defensive Player of the Year, which has been recently announced. Um, He was also a two-time Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, so sort of expected in that regard. Um, And he was also a two-time first-team All-Pac-12 player at Oregon State University. My brother, Gary Payton II, a.k.a. GP2, was popping, man. My brother, how you doing? How you doing? I appreciate you having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All is well. All is well, man. Just glad to have you here on the podcast, man, because we got a lot to talk about. And obviously, you and I go pretty far back because um, we both played AAU together back in high school. And we'll talk about those days. But my timeline is going to be a little bit all over the place because we've known each other for so long. And Mm -hmm. obviously, right now, currently, you know, the Oregon State Beavers just made a historic tournament run. Uh, they lost last night in a very tough game against <laughs> University of Houston, which is a good team in the Elite Eight. But nonetheless, what a crazy run from the Beavs, man. That was wild. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, once you get it going in March Madness and college basketball, anything can happen. And, uh, you know, when you hit that peak, when you when you guys are playing well and everybody's buys in and, you know, you guys hitting that peak, you know, anything can happen. And uh, they had a hell of a run. And, uh, you know, it was exciting to watch them this whole tournament. And uh, I'm just proud that, you know, uh, Beavers, you know, starting to make that little stand to get back in the tournament every year. And, you know, it makes noise. Absolutely. And I want to ask you because I feel like you were a foundational piece for Beaver basketball to sort of have some pride again because you led the Beavers to the NCAA tournament in 2016. They hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since your dad played in 1990. So that's upwards of 25 years where the Bees hadn't made it to the national tournament. And then here you come in, you transfer in. You and Wayne Tinkle come in at the same time. And we'll talk about you and Tinkle's relationship here in a second. But you get them back to the NCAA tournament. There's pride when it comes to the men's basketball program, you know, over there at Oregon State. I got to come. You, you hooked me up with tickets when we were in college to come see you play in a Civil War game. And you could just feel like the energy in the building at Gill Coliseum. Y'all won that Civil War game. And so I feel like you're sort of that foundational piece that has this men's basketball program trending in the right direction. How proud are you to just kind of be able to see and recognize what it is that you did as a Beaver and how the trajectory is going in the right direction as we just saw them make this tournament run and making it to the Elite Eight and almost to the Final Four? Uh, you know, hats off to them guys. And, of course, uh, Coach Wayne Tickle and, and, and the staff, you know, when, uh, when me and him, you know, talked about it before, uh, I, you know, stayed committed to, to go to Oregon State. Uh, we just talking about changing the culture, you know. Uh, hasn't been back, like you said, in 25 years, you know. It's just trying to change the culture, buy in, uh, get a group of guys, uh, you know, that'll, that'll do that and buy in and help, you know, get to our, our goal. In those two years, you know, that I had at Oregon State, you know, was um, initially the kickstart, you know. Coach Wayne Teagle, uh, we, we, we trusted in and bought into everything they were saying. And the group of guys that we had, um, you know, really believed in them and trust them and, you know, and we broke that, we broke that barrier. And then now the team now is just, they're just carrying on and Coach Tingle, you know, guys see and learn and uh, how to buy into teams and what Coach is Coach Tingle and them are saying. So 
you know, I'm glad to see them, you know, make a, a strong, strong push this year. Absolutely. And it's interesting because you were recruited by Craig Robinson, which, by the way, is Michelle Obama's brother, for those of you that, that didn't know. But Craig Robinson was the head coach at Oregon State University before Wayne Tinkle. And things didn't work out. Craig Robinson leaves Oregon State. But Robinson was the one that recruited you. Now, you say you spoke to Coach Tinkle after that and you decided to stay at Oregon State. That doesn't work for a lot of people. When you are comfortable and you get recruited by one coach and then you have to show up to this university and there's an entirely different coach from who you've gotten comfortable with, who you've gotten to know, who's gotten to know your family, so on and so forth. A lot of times that doesn't work out. But to see the belief that this team had in this tournament run and then just kind of rewinding it back to you and sort of the belief that Tinkle had in you, although he didn't recruit you, I think that speaks volumes to him. I think it speaks volumes to you for buying in. And, and that culture is is sticking ultimately out there in Corvallis. Absolutely. Uh, like you said, like, um, I didn't know, uh, you know, anything about Wayne. I don't know if Wayne didn't know anything about me coming up. But, uh, you know, we spoke kind of like a blind date type of thing. We just spoke, uh, you know, told each other our goals and what we wanted to reach and what we wanted to accomplish, you know, for this year, knowing that it was a crazy year, you know, um, new coaching staff, uh, essentially new team. You know, we have about, uh, I think, six or five, five or six walk-ons. So, you know, it, it was it was definitely a challenge for us, you know, to come out and, uh, and fight the adversity, you know, that everything was that was uh, against us. So, you know, just to come out and, and initially, you know, trust him and, you know, believe in Oregon State. Uh, Initially, I don't think it was too much uh, the, uh, the, the coaching staff of my uh, option, but, you know, you always got to, you know, talk to your coach and make sure you guys are on the same page and so you guys can get the same things done. But essentially, uh, Oregon State, just for the culture and, and for the community, you know, uh, that was a big part of my decision to stay too. Absolutely, absolutely. So congratulations to Oregon State on, on a crazy tournament run, and we'll get into a little bit more of that later. But now I got to take it all the way back. I got to take it back to – 2010. Again, I said my timeline <laughs> is going to be a little bit over the place because we had to acknowledge that run here mm -hmm. at the top of the episode. But now I'm taking it back to me and you playing mm -hmm. for the GP Gloves. Your dad's AAU team. Our coach was D. Smitty. But D. Smitty. I, but, but I want to ask you if you remember this because I was playing for Lake Show during that same year. And it, it, the culture just didn't really fit me. It, it really wasn't it for me. And so we had a couple teammates, a couple of my high school teammates, Demo and Rodney. They had brought me to a GP Gloves practice, and I didn't practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, they bring me to a practice, and I didn't practice. I was just going with the homies because I didn't have nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. So D. Smitty hollers at me, and essentially we had a tournament that weekend at City College San Francisco. He said, man, just show up. I got a uniform for you. So I'm like, all right, bet. So – Show up. It's about an 8 a.m. game. We at City College of San Francisco. I show up, get my uniform. You're living in Vegas at the time, so mm -hmm. you fly in to come play at City College. And we go out there, and we win by, like, 15. And so after the game, you know, we go round up. You know, Coach going to holler at us after the game. We go down the hallway, and we do a team roundup. And your dad was at the game. Mm -hmm. Boy, did he cuss us smoother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey yo, I used to get that all the time. I was just looking like, 
Y'all gonna feel this today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I'm gonna right. ask you, I'm gonna ask you more about that because yeah. basically his expectations was that we should have went out there and won by 40. Right. And we were playing against a team that we were much better than. So I feel him on that extent. But mm -hmm. like I said, it was 8 a.m. We were kind of playing down to the competition. Right. We were just kind of cruising and coasting, you know, getting past this first game of the tournament, essentially. Right. And and when we went down there and he lit us up, I'll be honest with you, for me, it was kind of refreshing because mm -hmm. I had just come from a program that was just different in that mm -hmm. regard. And me being from the Bay and, you know, me knowing kind of what it is back home, I actually could more so relate to how your dad so. was lighting us up more so than I could for the former team that I was playing for. So mm -hmm. I had played decent in that first game, and I knew after that cussing out, this was the place that we needed to be and that I needed to be essentially. But for you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. I, I, get, I get it pretty much all the time, you know. You feel me? I, I, was, I, was, I was almost used to it at, at that age, but it was just, you know, but the discipline now, like, uh, how how he how he disciplined and how he is you know from right now is just I appreciate everything you know he puts yeah. in and his passion for you know everything he does and you know everything he wants you know his uh his community and everything you know to be great. Absolutely, but but you also you had to obviously deal with it at home. Your dad is an NBA Hall of Famer and. He's the he's known as the most shit talkingest hooper to ever mm -hmm. play in the league, and now he has a son with the same name who's growing up and essentially chasing the same dream that your dad did, who had loads of success. Clearly, mm -hmm. how tough was that for you earlier on in your younger years? Probably getting a lot of comparisons to your dad. You know, obviously, your dad is able to really kind of you know be very disciplinary in regards to how he treats you when it comes to the sport of basketball in particular. I uh, had more talks with my dad, you know, uh, really learned how to be coachable from my dad, you know, and I think if I'm coachable, I can learn how to be coachable from my dad. And he's probably the realest, you know, you know who he is. If he, yeah, if he, you know, you feel me? He's no, you really, know. Yeah, I'm tough. He'll let you know from the jump, you know, won't sugarcoat anything. So I think that right there helped a lot me growing up in my younger years. So now, you know, I'm coachable, you know, I understand, you know, know how to talk to, you know, I'll talk to teammates, talk to coach, you know, so I do, I'd honestly do appreciate him on that stage. And he does it. He doesn't do it just for me. You know, like I said, like, yeah, like he, he, like, he, he let us all up. <laughs> Everybody it doesn't matter. Uh, Nobody's he, safe. Nobody's safe. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just who he is. Yeah, but definitely. But definitely growing up, uh, it was tough, but uh, I managed to figure it out. And and now um, it's, it's cool. I can go to him and talk to him about just about anything. I got to ask you one more question about our AAU team because we, we had a solid team. We balled out, went to Vegas, balled out. And then yeah. I want to ask you about this moment because I actually wasn't there. You remember we played in the Vegas tournament, played really well, and that's how kind of the circuit was back then. Mm -hmm. It's a Las Vegas tournament, then you fly straight from Vegas to play in the L.A. tournament. Yeah. And so we go to the L.A. tournament and we balling out, balling out. We make it to the championship game. We had I just had beat Team Odom. We had just beat Team Odom. Just beat Team Odom. And look, <laughs> you know where I'm going. <laughs> you know where I'm going. So we're not even to... at, we're not even at <laughs> halftime yet. In the championship game, we're not at halftime yet. 
the refs are, you know, the refs are not calling, you know, fouls. You know, they're letting this play. It's a little physical. It's a little physical. Yeah. A little too physical for D. Smitty. <laughs> so D. Smitty let him know. He's like, okay, this is not really how, how calm he was, but he let him know. He was like, yo, I'm going to need you to start, you know, doing your job, whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. They still let it be physical, physical. When I say this man called a timeout, he called a timeout. He said, let's go. We're looking like, what do you mean? Like, go back on the court? Yeah. No, no, no. Get all your stuff, and we're leaving. <laughs> I said, no. I said, yo. I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm confused. I said, are we, are we done? Wait. I'm confused. Hey. hey. Wow. Championship game. We didn't even finish. The cold part, see, I played in the Team Odom game. So, I had to leave, though, because the very next day, I had to go to a funeral. So mm-hmm. I missed the championship games. But, of course, I played the whole tournament, balled out. We beat hooping, Team yeah. Odom. We was hooping. We was hooping. hooping. Beat Team Odom. I had to make a hard decision and go. It was my great-grandmother's funeral. Sure. So I had yeah, to leave, yeah. of course. But, of course, I'm at the funeral. The funeral over. I'm calling, like, man, what happened? It Did happened. we win? Did we win the championship? What happened? Man, they say D. Smitty snatched the whole team off the floor in the second quarter in a tight game (laughs) no we were up we (laughs) were winning by like 10 or you were up by like 10 bro i'm like yo we cool we got it we just gonna play physical we all right nope yeah wow hey Hey, one of the realest one of the realest straight out of north north i will say about smitty we competed with the best of the best. We was beating oh, absolutely. Odoms. We was beating everybody, essentially. Like, and he got. And that was the first year of that team, I think. That was the first year of that team. That was yeah. the first year of that team. And we all came together. We didn't really know each other. Like I said, I right. just had left my other AAU team and was kind of a, a free agent at the time, essentially. And he just told me, man, pull up. I got a uniform for you. Right. And like I said, from there, it was off to the races. And again, your dad lighting this up. It was kind of like refreshing for me just because I had just left a situation where the coach would get in your ass, but right. it just wasn't really relatable in regards to how he would do it and his approaching that. So not that he did it in a bad way. It just didn't fit my style and who I was as a player. But right. now I want to bring it a little bit more current or actually no, before that, sticking with your dad. What was it like to make the decision to go to Oregon State and, and follow in his footsteps? What was that moment sort of like for you two? Uh, to be honest, uh, I, was gonna, I wasn't even going to go to Oregon State just because of, of that reason, because of my dad. You know, I, didn't, I just wanted to make my own path and, and, and do my own thing and start my own little legacy. Right. I was going to go to uh, St. Mary's. Ah, Moraga. Um, yeah, bank. I was going yeah, yeah. to St. Mary's and uh, mess with Randy Bennett. Yeah. You know, I felt like uh, it was a cool place. I liked the cool school area. It was cool. It was like two minutes away from my grandmother. So, right. you know, that was all love. Yeah. So, um, That's home. And then um, I took my visit to Oregon State. And uh, literally the visit just literally changed my mind. And, just uh, I visit. Felt, I, yeah, just the visit. I fell in love with, uh, with the town. You know, Portland, of course, is right down the street. Fell in love with the town and the school, you know, just the environment and the people around it. It was a real uh, college school, college environment, you know, and I fell in love with that. And um, essentially, I woke up one morning and I just uh, I just told my dad, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Oregon State. And he said, bet. 
And uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, at the time, I called Coach Robinson. You know, told him, and then a couple of days later, you know, that and Wayne Tingle happened. So I got on the phone, with Wayne Tingle. We talked it out, hashed it out, whatever. Uh, end up staying. You know, and the rest is uh is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. I want to bring it to now, though. You just recently won the Defensive Player of the Year in the G League for Raptors nine oh five, but. You've had a bit of a journey now. It's been a few years. What's you been in the league back and forth between the league and the G League? About five, six years about now? About five, yeah, about, about five. Yeah. About five years you've been back and forth between the league and the G League. And I just kind of want to know what your mentality is and how you approach the journey that you're on. Because obviously it's a tough journey. It is very competitive. It's very high level. But also I could imagine that you could go overseas if you wanted to, and you can play professionally elsewhere if you wanted to, but you're still sticking it out back and forth between the league and the G league. Kind of why is that? And why are you kind of choosing that route and that journey rather than maybe going overseas and, you know, playing professional ball over there? Um, honestly, um, you know, the league now is, is very different. You know, it gets different. I think every year, yeah. It's getting, um, and I honestly believe that I can honestly play with these guys in this league and play in this league. So um, just the, my, having a mindset of just, you know, staying the course, uh, sticking out, working every day, working on everything you need to work on and just try to create another opportunity for the last five years. That's all I've been trying to do and work for is just creating opportunities for myself. You know, they um, they come and they go. Um, you know, things don't work out as, as you plan. And yeah, it takes a, it takes a little hard on, on your mental, you know, it's discouraging and stuff like that, but you just got to keep telling yourself to stay the course, um, you know, work on what you need to work on and, and go out there and just try to create uh, opportunities. People know what you do and just still try to impress people and improve people wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, when you won the award, I even seen guys like Dame who obviously, you know, there's a hometown connection there who, you know, reposted you saying that you're an NBA guy and that you're a league guy. And obviously you've gotten a taste of the league. Um, as I said, you've been going back and forth and usually every time that you're in the G league, you always have success. Like you're always either leading the team in scoring or you're a defensive player of the year, or, you know, you're, you're averaging double digits a game. And so with that, when you go up and you actually play against these guys in the league, what is that like for you um, in regards to just being out there and playing at the biggest stage? Cause too often we talk about just, the star element and, and, you know, sort of the fame and the glitz and the glamour of it. But it's like just being able to get to the league in, in itself is like harder than hitting the lotto. What's it like for you every time you go out there and you step on that court and, and you get the opportunity to kind of cherish those moments and obviously compete at the highest level you can? No, absolutely. Um, don't take any of those, uh, those moments for granted. Um, every time, you know, you're able to lace them up, you know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow and all this is going to be going tomorrow. So, like I said, uh, cherish everything. Don't take it for granted. And um, like I, every time I get on there, every time, you know, I get a call up or anything, um, I'm probably usually guarding. I'm going to usually my matchup usually the best guy on the other team. So, yeah, because, you, you, you know, you're, uh, you're just, just, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, so it doesn't matter, you know, what the situation is or whatever. If I come up, 
I'm probably gonna be guarding, you know, the dames, uh, Steph, just yeah. off rip, just off rip, just, uh, <laughs> you know. So I, I kind of take that, you know, I, I, I appreciate that, you know. That's our, that's respect on, on, you know, the league part. They understand that, you know. Yeah. But that's what I, that's what I do, you know. And if I come up or whatever, so it's really exciting, you know, to have a superstar uh, matchup, all star matchup, you know, that you got to go out there and, you know, try to make a difference, you know, try to get him below his average, try to take away some, you know, that he does very well. So um, that just alone is just exciting. And um, I've had some matchups where it was just been like, it's, it's crazy, but it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, that's dope. Cause you are, like I said, you're a two time Pac 12 DPOY, you're G League DPOY, and your name is Gary Payton the <laughs> second. So that, that might help a little bit. That helped that adds to a it a little bit. bit. <laughs> like your name is Gary Payton the second. So you're carrying on a legacy of your father, who obviously was the glove and was known as, you know, arguably the greatest defender of all time. So I'm, I'm trying to back it up. I'm backing you, it up. You're backing it up. You, it up. you holding <laughs> it on strong. You, you're really doing your thing. And it's like, how does that feel to be able to even say that? Because your dad was oh, an NBA Hall of Famer. Right, <laughs> it's like, right, you right. You really yeah. could just say, like, I'm backing it up and you got the accolades to show for it. Yeah, you know, like I said, um, I think, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty expected, you know, yeah. just cause, just cause off the name and, you know, um, within school and everything, I think, uh, guys is, you know, they, they know what it is and they, they expected it now they expect it from me. So, you know, just continue to do what I do. I don't even think, uh, to be honest, I don't even really think about the defensive parts that much. It's just, uh, it just comes natural. It's like, like you locked in, you know, um, you know, you take pride in on this side of the court and you you know how to play this side of the court very well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Who's been your favorite teammate in the league? Favorite teammate in the league. Yeah, I know That's... you talked about a lot of guys, man, and, and, and you know I obviously know you, so I know the relationship. Favorite, favorite teammate that either either or NBA G League. Sure, I want right, both though. Give me both, I'm, bro. Give me right, both, I'm gonna bro. Go, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. David Stockton. Okay. When I was with uh the South Bay, uh Los Angeles South Bay, right. David's just yeah, David. More than more than none off the court, David's just a great guy, hilarious, yeah. um, easy to talk to. Um, family's great, you know, he's his father's uh the the great um John Stockton. So absolutely you know, and uh, you know, John and, and his family still come down to watch David play. Uh it's great. Uh he's just a phenomenal dude and on the court, he's a wizard. You know, he sees things that uh, the camera, the camera guys doesn't don't see. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's it's a perk. It's it's a luxury to have David Stockton on your team. You know, yeah. on and off the court. So that's great. And a uh, teammate, favorite teammate, probably in that I've experienced in the league. Ooh, that's got to be a uh, Isaac Bonga. Okay, from the Wizard, my guy Bonga. He, yeah. He's a good dude. When I got to Washington, uh. He took care of me, you know, he he uh he just made it made it more comfortable and more easy for me with the team. And uh yeah. we hang we hang out a lot and on and off the court. We work out with each other in the summer and it's just uh he's just one of those dudes that's uh it's just a good dude, you know, just good good genuine hearted dude. That's my yeah. guy. Absolutely. I gotta ask you about this though, G, because obviously, you know, in, in the beginning of 2020, a little bit over a year ago. We had the, the unfortunate passing of Kobe and Gigi, you know, and, and the seven others that were on that helicopter. Um, 
but you were there and I remember you being on the court, you know, during the post game speech and all that with your father and Shaq and all of those guys at Kobe's last game of his career. Um, we all know it was a crazy night. He ended up going for 50 and, you know, he went out. I mean, you couldn't have had a better ending to a career that was, you know, as in-depth and as illustrative and as dope and as great as Kobe Bryant's career was. Um, for you, just kind of give me a recap of that night and being able to be there in that moment and essentially what it means to you now, you know, being that we do have to deal with the unfortunate fact that Kobe is no longer here with us. Right. Um, we're just, you know, that's just a, it's a tough, tough, tough uh, topic to talk about. But, you know, um, that night was just incredible. From the beginning of the day, uh, riding around, running errands before the game. Um, my dad had found, my dad had found an extra ticket. So uh, I called my homie immediately. I said, yo, I got an extra ticket to Kobe's last game. He was in Vegas, so he was in L.A. He said, bet, hung up, pushed all the way there, uh, made it just in time for the game time. Wow. And it was, it was just, you know, it was just, it was just a good vibe from there, you know. Everybody was at the game. Um, before the game started, I, I was like, I had told my homeboy, I was like, what's the odds that go Kobe go for 50? Really? Now, he was like, he was like, uh, you know, it's there, but he was like, nah, I don't know. But it's Kobe, though. It's Kobe, though, so, right? So, Kobe, so Kobe had, to, he had a slow start. You know, he was like, he was like, oh, for what, six or seven for his first couple. And then once he got that first layer, that first bucket, when I say it was done, I'm talking about it was a young mama, young mama. It was a young yeah. mama. Yeah. It was eight. It was eight. It was, it was eight. Yeah, it was eight. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's just uh that moment right there. Um it'll I I rewinded in my mind over and over and over throughout the days. Um yeah. I miss I miss I miss him so much and Gigi. Um and this though, you know, it's like it's like Uncle Kobe. Um, right. growing up in 04, my dad was on the team when they made that run. You know, just the bond and coming to practice and stuff like that, hanging out with him, shooting around, just talking, just messed around. Um, you know, he'll always, always, always be Kobe, always be uncle. Yeah. And it's just um, just unfortunate, but I do cherish that moment for sure, that last game, and, you know, to watch him and talk to him and just interact with him. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I already know. Um, I'm still here in Portland, man. I got a lot of Blazer fans that listen to the podcast. Talk about your relationship with Dame. Obviously, there's a hometown connection there. Um, you know, you growing up in Oakland, your dad being from Oakland, Dame being from Oakland. Just kind of talk about, you know, you and Dame's relationship and, you know, ways he may have been there and supported you throughout your hoop career coming up after him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um even before, I remember when my dad used to go watch Damon uh, at Weber State when I was in JUCO. Um, go, <laughs> he got my dad to come to Utah and drive yeah. down to Ogden to go watch wow. him. So, and once I once once he was like that, I was like, I was like, he don't go watch nobody play. Wow, nobody play. Yeah, but like like you said, you know, Dame's from the town. You know, Dame's Dame's family. So of course, you know, he had to go support. And uh, ever since then, um, when I had my um, – when I was going – almost going to the league, you know, we got the same agency and everything with the good ones. So, you know, uh, we got in the gym um, pretty much for about two summers straight. 
yeah. I was with him uh, and just working out at uh, at Merritt up in Oakland. Yeah. And uh, and that's where we, you know, built the bond. And, you know, uh, he became a, became a brother for sure. He helped me out, uh, you know, just talk to him. And that's one thing about Dame. Dame's real as it gets. And, you know, Dame's, Dame's super chill, super cool. You know, you can talk to him about anything. You know, he's just going he gonna to be real with you and, you know, say what he got to say. Right. And, you know, yeah, I just appreciate everything he's done for me. Uh, you know, just helped out and guided me through. You know, my five careers, you know, I was there in Portland with him for a little bit, for a little stint. And, you know, it's, he just did nothing but push me better, you know, guarding yeah. him every day and guarding CJ and stuff like that. So it's just he just pushed me and, you know, and we just had my back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I got to ask you this because I, I started a new segment recently and it's called the six man segment. Right. And basically what it is, is, you know, you always get on these podcasts and you have these interviews and people ask you for your top five, you know, what's your top five favorite rappers? What's your top yeah. five favorite greatest or whatever of all time, whatever subject it is. Um, but with the six man segment, I'm still going to ask you for your top five and then maybe, you know, add a six person who could have been like an honorable mention on that list, yeah. but didn't quite make it into the five. And here's what it is. Draymond Green recently came out and said, He's the greatest defender of all time. So you know where I'm going. We already talked about your lineage. We already talked about your accolades and accomplishments. You being a locksmith, having all these defensive accolades, guarding the best player every night. Right. Give me your top five defensive players of all time. Of and then go time. ahead. Of all time. And then give all me a sixth man. And then give me a sixth man who's like, He's right there at the top, and you know he could be interchangeable with just about anybody on that list. All right, all right. I, ain't, I, ain't, gonna put, I ain't gonna put I ain't gonna put Wilton in, in there because that's just that was just different. That's okay, that's fair. I'm with. But it. I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and start off with a <laughs> TA Tony Allen. Okay, because he's a he's first team. You know he's first team from yeah. yeah exactly Locked first down. team. That's that's kind of how I I model my game as after you know it's just Tony Allen. Uh, yeah. TA's a good dude, but okay, TA. TA, that's why. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay, you got to put uh, Young Peyton in there. Put Young Peyton in there. Peyton, okay, you know, okay, pops. I'm, in probably, I'm, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to stick with the guards too. Okay. Bruce Bowen, Bruce Bowen, Bruce Bowen. Bruce the, I like it. What? <laughs> Bruce. People don't know. Down. Bruce really <laughs> used to sit. He used to sit. He used to sit. He, he, he was a major key. He was, he was Kawhi for the Spurs before Kawhi. For sure. You know what I'm saying? When Kawhi yeah. ended up winning that championship and they beat Miami, like, that was Bruce Bowen, and then that became Kawhi. That morphed into Kawhi. Exactly. People, people don't understand. Yeah. People don't understand. All right, let me see. Who's that? T.A. You got T.A., your pops, and Bruce Bruce. Um. A lot of people don't know. Uh, Tracy McGrady was a great defender, actually, with this length and everything. Uh, Kobe said that t uh, Tracy was one of his toughest, you know, toughest defenders that, that ever has guarded him. Okay. So I'm gonna give T Mac. T Mac, I like it. Yeah, for um, and then you got one more. It was really and two I got more, my, technically. You yeah. got a fifth one, and then we'll do a six man. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to think of these these guards. So right now we. Got I'm trying. To, I'm trying. To, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to go back with these guys. Some of these cars now. I don't want. To, I don't want to stay in this era. 
I kind of yeah. want to go back. Go for it. I'm trying to think. Bruce Bowen, GTA, TA, and T Mac. In the fifth. I'm trying to go back to one of them. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Trevor Reese's. Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza. Hey, oh my God. Trevor was. Good. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. Clampy. He was locked down. Clampy. He was locked down. He was locked down. Yeah. And my hey, and my all time, my all time is for the dudes that, you know, hey, you're just gonna be here just to play defense. You know, you're a dear team player, you you want you gonna do stuff for the team. That's cool. I, I know the superstars got defense, you know, Mike right. all them is you right, feel me? Right. But I, I'm I trying to stay, it. I'm trying to players that you know that that came like me, that, that got it like me, man. We just came locked up, you know, do what yeah. we gotta do, help the team. That's uh, you feel me? And then give me one more for a six man that you just that you just could throw in there. And I like and I like your criteria and how you picked your five as well. Cause of course yeah, I'm, you I'm can easily to, go with the superstars. For sure. I'm trying to really, really help teams, you know, those certain most of those dudes help teams, I mean, help a team win championships too, yeah. which is the crazy part. Absolutely. The crazy part. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh let me see this six man, six man defensive. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna go with Trez on me. Montrez Harrell. Harrell? Really? Trez, my, what? Trez is a dog. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you do it, Trez gets it done. And that's not a guard, but he's a six man, it, so it's a exactly good call. I like my, it. Hey, Trez is my <laughs> guy. Hey, I'll have Trez on my team any time of the week. I promise yeah, you. he's a dog. Real monster dog, out there. It. He gets it done. Don't matter. Whatever. If it look pretty, if it don't, he gets it done. Absolutely. And I got just a couple more questions for you. Um, the first one being, you know, what's going on with GP2 right now in this moment? Um, the G League season just ended, correct? Yeah. Um, so what's going on with you? What, what you doing? You're training? You, you trying to make that jump to the league? Where are we at right now? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, stay back and get back in the gym. Uh, normal routine. Uh, just continue to work every day. Uh, you know, wait for opportunities. So it's a weird short season this year. Yeah, so, pandemic you know, year. Uh, yeah, pandemic year. Of course, with uh, Corona and everything. So you know, you never know. Uh, teams might need somebody. You know, never know. But uh, you know, just stay ready. And uh, if, if you know, get the call. Just go ahead and and take care of the opportunity and see what we got and try to make it and, and try to stretch it. Absolutely. You mentioned the year that it's been, and I just got to ask you, um, just what are kind of your general thoughts on, you know, the way that. NBA and WNBA players, basketball players, the basketball community has stepped up and really utilized and leveraged its voice during a year where we've had, you know, social justice <laughs> uprisings. Obviously, you know, it's a weird pandemic year. So we're dealing with a pandemic that is something none of us ever could have expected in our lifetime. But just being a part of that NBA community, um, for you, what's it been like, you know, seeing the league step up? in the ways that it's had, especially when it comes to social justice in particular. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the league, uh, I think the sports community, uh, yeah. I think everybody, you know, has, has done an amazing job, you know, with everything's going on, uh, especially with the pandemic going on, too, and just handling everything, um, especially I think I shout out to the women community, WNBA, because, you know, they, they're doing historical things, you know, during these historical times. So, you know, uh, shout out to them. and making a, a huge voice and you know we got we got they back for sure you already know what it is but with us, we got they back so 
you know, just pushing them and keep keep having them grow and use their voice just as much as we use ours. But um, like I said, it's been a crazy year, but um, uh, I think we've handled it, you know, the best that we can use our voice and continue to use our voice, you know, after all this is over and just continue to grow and, uh, you know, continue to make, you know, everything better in the country, you know, get back right. Absolutely. And here's my last question, because I've been watching uh, Last Last Chance You, um, mm-hmm. the East L.A., the basketball one. And I'm like mm-hmm. three episodes in right now. And, you know, it's acknowledging the junior college grind, especially, you know, in California. I know you went to Salt Lake, I believe. Yeah, yeah you, you went to Salt Lake Community College. So you know what that junior college grind is like. But mm-hmm. speaking to the youth more so, um, what do you say to the young high schooler that was like you and I, you know, played around a lot of great talent. We already mentioned some of the success that we had playing together, but you had a lot of guys around you that got scholarships and got opportunities that everybody would dream of. And these are your peers essentially because you're competing with them. And a lot of times you're even beating them, but Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily getting that same opportunity And now you have to decide, do I want to stick through this thing and go to JUCO route and Mm -hmm. see how things take it from there? Or am I going to let the lack of opportunities discourage me and essentially make me give up on the game? You being somebody that's been through that journey of, you know, not coming straight out of high school and going D1, having to play JUCO ball, which obviously never sounds sexy in comparison to going D1 or D2 or just playing at the four-year level. Um, what would you say to that youngster right now that's not fielding any recruits per se, but has some game on him, but yeah. his peers are getting opportunities that he's just not? Uh, just don't quit. Don't quit. Stay the course. Um, like you said, that JUCO route, that that prep school JUCO, that it, it don't sound sexy. It don't sound fun. Um, you know, you think you got to go through this. You ain't going to never, you know, never – get to the league or have opportunities, but, uh, it's a process, you know, believe in yourself, trusting yourself, um, just go out there and, and work, work every day. Don't, don't complain. Don't whine about it. Don't do none of that. Just go out there and work, uh, lay, lay everything on the line. And I promise you that it would definitely come back around your opportunity will show and keep working hard, keep working harder. You're going to get opportunities more and more, and you're going to get to be able to get that scholarship to that four-year four year university. And most of the time, everybody that you've seen in high school, you know, coming up, whatever, they're going to quit. Yeah. They're going to quit just you because know. they thought it, They thought the path that they took, you know, was going to be given to them, you know, and yeah. and it's not, you know. So, you know, they, they get discouraged and they quit. I'm, and I just wasn't one of those guys who didn't quit and just kept fighting, kept fighting. To this day, I'm still still at it. So, still a um, professional baller. That, that, that's real, though, you know, in, in the part of not quitting because at some point, everybody's going to hit a bump in the road. And yeah. I think about, you know, kind of the AAU circuit and how it's changing and, you know, and, and really the po- – we had politics during our AAU days as well. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But the politics continue to, to be – a force within the youth basketball community. And some people, whether it's because they're 6'10", whether it's because they got a killer J, but maybe they're missing a bunch of other elements to their game. Mm -hmm. Some people get opportunities. Sometimes it could be too soon. 
And when they hit that fork in the road, because they've kind of been spoon fed and spoiled within, you know what I mean? This, this kind of corrupt youth sports industry. Mm -hmm. Now, when it's time for them to kind of hit a bump in the road and and they're at the point where they actually got to earn it. That's the part I think a lot of people struggle with is getting to that point where your name isn't going to do it for you. Getting to that point where the politics aren't going to do it for you, who who it is that you're signed to, the shoes, the sneaker company, nobody's going to be able to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You got to go out there and earn that shit, and I think exactly. that is something that you've done in a real way. Is went out there and earned it at every level, and even with your name being what it is, as we've already talked about, nobody can take that away from you. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, nobody can take that away from you because. You done went prep school, JUCO, you know, went to Oregon State, made it to the league, undrafted, still playing five years later. Like, that's going out there and having to earn it. So, Matt, respect to you for that. I'm always proud of you for my you know, G, what my is, you've been able to accomplish, brother, repping the GP gloves always. You already know. Yeah, man. Everybody on that team, man. Yeah. Team, Pat, man. Everybody on that team. Just so Barry. Demo, right? Devro. Devro had a killer J. T Mills. T Mills. Yeah, I'd have knocked, I'd have knocked my whole platform back getting juice talking hey. about the squad. <laughs> hey, T-Mills is probably the funniest person that I know. For real. Probably yeah, the, oh off gosh, top. Bro. Off top. Berkeley High. Yeah, man. Off top, man. Off top. Well, love you, bro, What's man. Up? Congratulations on love, that. Love, brother. Man. I appreciate yeah, you. appreciate you for joining. Well, All right, everybody. We are going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.